0: Today I'm going to be talking about the updated general handbook for the LDS Church, and before we get into it, I just want to say that I will be using the terms LDS and Mormon to refer to the church because I can only record in five minute segments (laughs) using this um, platform that I have right now, and it would take so much time if Every single time I refer to the church, I had to say the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I just wanted to make that one thing clear. And I also recognize that the majority of the people who listen to this podcast either aren't LDS or they don't care either way. So (laughs) that's where I stand. And that's just a disclaimer that I wanted to put at the beginning of this podcast. Another disclaimer that I want to get out of the way before we get started is that if you are a member of the church i genuinely don't care most of my family like my extended family is lds and i don't i just i don't care you know i don't care what church you attend i don't care about any of that what i care about is the policies that are affecting my community and other people's identities and genders and just their well-being in general So this is not like me saying, if you're LDS, you shouldn't be, because I don't care if you are or not. All I care about is getting you to listen to how your church is harming and dehumanizing an entire group of people, because that is not okay. It doesn't matter if it's a church or a government or just a random person walking down the street. It's not okay. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. I have read through a lot of what's in the general handbook, um, but I haven't like gotten myself involved in conversations about it a ton. So this is gonna be like super unscripted and <laughs> you're really going to be getting my initial thoughts about what is going on here and how it could affect people. That's the nicest way that I can put it. Um, so this should be fun. <laughs> I did actually go onto the LDS website. Oh, I think it's, oh, what is it called? Is it the Church of Jesus Christ of Latterday Saints dot org? I think that's what it is. Anyway, I went on there and they have the entire handbook available in like a digital format. I think it's the only way that they're putting it out. And so I just like copied and pasted it into a Google document so that I could have it right in front of my face and read exactly what it said, because yeah, a lot of things made me really upset. And a lot of things are very upsetting to a lot of people. So that's part of the reason why I'm talking about it because there are so many people out there who can't. There are trans youth who are stuck in transphobic homes that have no way to tell people that this thing is harming them. If that bothers you, then turn off the podcast, come back next time. That's my best advice. <laughs> because I can't promise that I'm never gonna talk about this again, because I live in a freaking bubble. Um, I am surrounded by LDS people, and I am directly affected by their policies, because a lot of their policies affect Utah's legislation and their policies affect my friends and just the community in general so if you can't handle that fact then it's probably best if you leave right now anyway this was highly requested by a lot of people so let's get into it the first place i went to when i opened up the handbook was their policies regarding what they call same-sex attraction and same-sex behavior um so right off the bat i just want to point out why saying same-sex attraction and same-sex behavior is uh, problematic the lgbt community has adopted the title of lgbt specifically that's the politically correct way to refer to the community for people who aren't a part of it and the church has consistently refused to refer to the community using those terms so by never saying lesbian bisexual or gay or you know any other identity it basically makes it seem as though it doesn't exist like it's some kind of mythical thing you know that is an illness or something that very few people deal with that is a problem. I don't know. It just gives off a very bad vibe to a lot of people. Like, we don't like it. We've stated time and time again that separating same-sex attraction and same-sex behavior is invalidating. And I'll get into why as we read what the church actually says about it. So, on its face, the first paragraph of this section seems nice like it seems unproblematic it seems very diplomatic it says the church encourages family members to reach out with sensitivity love and respect to persons who are attracted to others of the same sex so first of all they have separated same-sex attraction and same-sex behavior. This sentence says nothing about people who engage in same-sex behavior. It simply says that you should reach out with kindness to people who experience same-sex attraction. The fact that they didn't include same-sex behavior I feel like is intentional because they intentionally split it up to begin with and then it feels like they also intentionally left out the behavior part because that is what they believe is the sin. It's not going to get you kicked out of church if you experience same-sex attraction, but if you act on it, you're violating the law of chastity. The next sentence says, "...the church also promotes understanding in society at large that reflects its teachings about kindness." Inclusiveness, love for others, and respect for all human beings. So, um, basically, this means that the church thinks that society should be understanding. Which is, I mean, way to go, guys. Like, that is just beautiful. Support understanding and kindness. (laughs) I mean, you look at their policies and everything like that, and you think, what about this is respectful to anybody? Like, it, it just baffles me that they even claim to promote respect and kindness in the first place, because as we move on, I mean, I'll get into that, but it just completely baffles me. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. This next sentence here um, is surprising. The church does not take a position on the causes of same-sex attraction. All right. So the church very openly supports conversion therapy. Um the church was actually part of the reason why the bill wasn't passed for so long to ban conversion therapy um because of its statements and just a lot of things. So if you don't take a stance on the cause of same-sex attraction, then why are you taking a stance on the way that it should be treated? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I cannot believe that they're claiming to not have a position on this issue when they have spent years supporting conversion therapy. Are you kidding me? People like to say that um, certain leaders of the church are like very well-read on the LGBT community. And I just think their refusal to take a stance on the causes of same-sex attraction pretty much proves that they are not experts (laughs) the church has on multiple occasions encouraged its members to only look towards mormon literature and the literature that they put out regarding multiple different issues So that is part of the reason why this first paragraph frustrates me so much. Obviously, members themselves can choose to do their own research about the issue. I'm going to say that at least half of them are only reading this, taking it on its face and thinking that it's okay without trying to understand where anybody else is coming from that's part of the problem for me any church that tries to restrict the information that its members receive is extremely problematic in my book that's part of the reason why i so openly refuse to support the church in general not only are its leaders extremely homophobic, its teachings extremely homophobic, but its leaders are also encouraging people not to listen to the LGBT community about these issues because it would make it very difficult for them to keep these policies in place if their members were to learn more. They would have to change a lot of their policies and they don't want to do that unless they have to. The church has consistently changed its policies to seem more politically correct in order to keep their membership numbers. And if people begin to rise against the problems, they're going to have a lot of literature to rewrite and they're going to have to issue a lot of apologies. Any move that they make is going to be difficult for them. What they're trying to do is... Be very blatantly homophobic and, as we'll see in a little bit, transphobic while encouraging their members to not read up on the issue and to not educate themselves. They're basically telling people that it is against God's will to look to outside information about these issues so that no outside information is received by its members because if they're not educated, they won't fight for change. And I know that that seems like a super radical stance to take, but I mean, all you really have to do is look at the way the church leaders handled themselves publicly, the statements they make, and then read up on their literature, as I'm doing right now, their general handbook, which has all of its guidelines for the way members should portray themselves and the way that they should act and think and believe. And I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time justifying that because I don't want this podcast to be six hours long. So if you're questioning the validity of that statement that I just made, try doing some research. If you think your church leaders will allow it. <laughs> that was a joke. No offense. <laughs> no offense intended there. We're off to a great start. So far I've um literally read three sentences and just gone off on a tangent so uh this one might be a little long but let's go to the next paragraph it gets better guys it gets better or worse you know if you're not um measuring the positivity by how ridiculous its statements are God's commandments forbid all unchaste behavior, unchaste, whatever, either same-sex or heterosexual. Church leaders counsel members who have violated the law of chastity. Leaders help them have a clear understanding of faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement. The process of repentance and the purpose of life on earth behavior that is inconsistent with the law of chastity may be caused for holding a church membership council it can be forgiven through sincere repentance so church leaders help you have an understanding they counsel you and they refer you to conversion therapy at least when it was legal <laughs> who knows what they're gonna do now guess we'll find out <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, um, this next paragraph basically says that as long as members don't act on it, they can hold the priesthood, have temple recommends, and do all the regular churchy stuff. But it is absolutely disgusting to expect people to repress their sexuality. The chances of a queer person committing suicide and developing mental illnesses is marginally increased when they are forced to suppress their identity. And the church is calling for its members to do exactly that. If you experience same-sex attraction, you are not to act on it. They're encouraging gay men to either abstain from having families and marrying somebody or to hide their identity and marry a woman and that is a relationship that is going to be based on a humongous lie i don't think that i have to spend any time proving to you that that is toxic the handbook says that the circumstances of some faithful members do not allow them to receive the blessings of eternal marriage and parenthood in this life they will receive all promised blessings in the eternities provided they keep the covenants they have made with god let's be real here. The church would rather you live in a deep depression and even resort to harming yourself than to marry someone of the same sex. So the whole idea of heaven in the Mormon church confuses me just in general because I don't know how it works. I know there are multiple different levels and I know all that stuff, but what I don't understand is how a gay man is going to be treated in heaven if he abstains from that behavior as the church calls for. Like, is he gonna get to heaven and be handed a bunch of wives like, it, like any straight man would? I'm not entirely sure what to think about that, and I think that this is basically just a big middle finger to the entire community and everybody who's been fighting to get the church to change their policies because the language is nice. (laughs) They're like, oh, we're so kind and accepting and blah, 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 blah. But what they're really saying is you better repress that part of your identity. You better live in a deep depression or else you're not going to get a straight heaven. You know, you're just going to (laughs) die. Like, what gay person, whether they abstain from same-sex relationships or not, wants to go to heaven and be handed a bunch of wives and a family that they didn't have a hand in the creation of? I mean, I guess a lesbian would, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, what gay person is going to want to go to heaven and be forced into straight relationships? Because from my understanding, what happens is a man goes to heaven and he has a lot of wives like mormons practice polygamy in heaven and i could be wrong about that but regardless this policy is so confusing and it's very frustrating for people who have been trying to get the church to stop treating people like crap um i'm not gonna go over the section on same-sex marriage because i think it's very clear that the church doesn't support that Even if a member is legally married to a person of the same sex, they're still violating the law of chastity because the church doesn't recognize gay marriage. And that's really all you need to know. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about how problematic that is and how it's just terrible. Because I've already pretty much covered that and we... And... Believe it or not, (laughs) this stuff that I've been talking about is the mild side of their new updated policies um i'm gonna start talking about the trans community now, so I want to give a general trigger warning. If anybody is trans or is triggered by the invalidation of trans people, then I would just kind of not listen to the rest of this because the things that I'm going to be reading and talking about now come directly from the handbook and are extremely harmful, so just be aware of that. Also, one last thing before we move on to the policies regarding trans people. In my next podcast, I plan on talking for a little bit about what just happened at BYU, Um, but I don't think that I'm going to be able to fit it into this podcast, so if you were one of the many people looking forward to a discussion about that, um, come back next time because that's when I'll be able to fit it. I do want to have a little while to kind of write about what I think because I think it'll just be more coherent and it'll be better for people in general to understand where I'm coming from. Whereas this is something that I can just read and talk about, that is something that I kind of have to write out an opinion about because it's difficult and, you know, it's not as blatantly problematic as this handbook is, so give me a little bit of time and either on Monday or Tuesday I'll be talking about that. Okay, this next section is labeled transgender individuals, which, I mean- At least they're using the correct term for trans people, because I know that that was a fight, so I'm thankful for that, at least. Uh, The rest of it, though, I'm just appalled. Um, Okay, the first thing it says is, transgender individuals face complex challenges. (laughs) That's not very insightful, guys, come on. Step up your game a little bit. Members and non-members who identify as transgender and their family and friends should be treated with sensitivity, kindness, compassion, and an abundance of Christ-like love. All are welcome to attend sacrament meeting, other Sunday meetings, and social events of the church. So that first paragraph is really just like a filler. I mean, they're just trying to make it seem like they're going to be kind and that they are being civil with the trans community but once we read on i think you'll see that they're not this entire paragraph just becomes invalidated as soon as they start talking about trans people and gender and that kind of stuff so yeah here's the next little section gender is an essential characteristic of heavenly heavenly fathers (laughs) let's try that again gender is an essential characteristic of heavenly father's plan of happiness The intended meaning of gender in the family proclamation is biological sex at birth. Some people experience feelings of incongruence between their biological sex and their gender identity. As a result, they may identify as transgender. The church does not take a position on the causes of people identifying themselves as transgender. So, we get the same stupid statement about transgender people as we did about same-sex attraction. But that's not even the most problematic thing about this paragraph, so I'm not going to spend time ripping it apart like I did for same-sex attraction. Okay, church, I hate to break it to you, but gender is not the same thing as biological sex at birth. So at this point, you're just anti-science and anti-dictionary. Like, you're really making yourself seem uneducated. It isn't just feelings of being transgender. It is a lot deeper than that. If it was just feeling like you're trans, I don't think we'd be here. You can't separate this into parts like you did with sexual identity. Unsurprisingly, the church is against reassignment surgery, and they're against hormones. They're also against what they call social transitioning. According to them, a social transition includes changing... Dress or grooming, or changing a name or pronouns to present oneself as other than his or her birth sex. Leaders advise that those who socially transition will experience some church membership restrictions for the duration of this transition. Transgender individuals who do not pursue medical, surgical, or social transition to the opposite gender and are worthy may receive church callings, temple recommends, and temple ordinances. This is not the church saying that it's okay for members to be trans. I want to make that very clear right now. This is the church saying that it is not okay to be trans, and if you begin to transition, you will be restricted in your membership. That is all it's saying. It's saying it in nicer terms and making it seem like it's okay to be transgender. If you just take a second and think about what this would mean for a trans individual, I think you'll see the harm. And you can't see it unless you're willing to step into another person's shoes and feel their pain. Practice some empathy. Also, this entire section is invalidating because not all transgender individuals are able to do anything more than socially transition. A lot of trans people can't afford surgery. They can't afford hormones. And so their only saving grace is being able to change their name and pronouns and present as the gender that they are. It's disgusting to try to separate the different levels of the way a person transitions because in this handbook it says that trans people who wish to change their name can have their name changed on record and have it be, like, under their preferred name section, and they can be referred to by that name. And so it makes it seem like people who aren't medically transitioning and socially transitioning, as in, like, the way they dress and the way their hair is done, and, like, whether or not they wear makeup and stuff, are somehow less trans, if that makes sense. Like, that is so problematic, because it infers that a person who has only socially transitioned isn't actually trans, which is not the case. There aren't different levels of trans. You either are trans or you are cis. I mean, obviously there's all the genders in between that and some non-binary people prefer to call themselves trans and whatever, That's not what I'm referring to. I'm saying you either identify with the gender you were assigned at birth or you don't. And it doesn't matter whether or not you're able to socially transition or get hormones or have reassignment surgery. None of that matters. Restricting the amount of trans a person can be doesn't make them any less trans. And you can't restrict the amount of trans a person is in the first place. So this whole thing is just confusing. The church seems to be trying to say that there are different levels of trans, and that some are more acceptable than others. At the same time, they're trying to make trans people suppress who they are. It's just entirely problematic. There's no other way of looking at it. It is problematic. It is disgusting. And transgender youth are going to die, hurt themselves, and become depressed because of this. And... The leaders of the church should be held responsible for that. People should be holding them responsible. And it sickens me that so many people are silent about this issue. This is not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing with the trans community. Because you can't agree or disagree with somebody's identity or their right to exist. You can't agree or disagree with that because it's inhumane, it's disgusting, and it's just, it's harmful. The leaders of the church think that they get to decide what people's identities are and what people's genders are, and it's simply not true. No institution gets to determine the identity of individuals, whether they claim to be receiving those messages from God or not. And it is appalling to sit back and allow them to do so. How can so many people just sit back, read this stuff, and think, Oh yeah, that's right, trans people can be trans, but they can't transition in any way or else they're going to hell. That doesn't make any sense to me. These people have no empathy. The leaders of the church are ignorant to the fact that they are harming trans people. And they don't care. They don't care in the first place because they don't believe being transgender is an actual thing. They're so blinded by their faith in a God that would harm people that they can't even recognize that they're harming people. Which is a vicious and terrible cycle for everyone involved in that church, whether by association or through actual membership, to be a part of. What are we doing? What are we teaching trans people? What are we teaching our children if we stay silent on this issue? We're teaching people that God doesn't love them. That's what we're teaching. We're teaching shame. We are teaching oppression. That is awful. Most most of the handbook's rhetoric is sort of... I don't really know how to explain it. Like It's soft. It just really seems like they're trying to make it seem like what they're saying is nice by using the words that they do and it makes it seem very civil but when you dig deeper you start to see the corruption and you start to see the problems and you realize that they're just coming up with more excuses they're coming up with more excuses not to change they are blatantly discriminating against individuals, and they're cowards. They're just coming up with prettier ways to say the same things that they've been saying forever. At the end of the day, um, this handbook is no less harmful than any other handbook in the past, and I believe that the thing that makes it more harmful is not the fact that it has a very specific stance on transgender people, but the fact that the leaders decided to use language that would make their members feel as though they're being politically correct and they're being safe and that what they're saying is not harmful. That's the problem for me. Aside from all of the policies and the disgusting take on what it means to be trans or gay and the separations that they've tried to instill in their definitions for the community, the rhetoric itself is going to be very harmful. Something about hiding behind pretty language when you're portraying a toxic message seems a lot more menacing than stating it outright. And so I think we all just need to take that into account. It's not that any of their beliefs have actually changed, it's just that they're trying to make their members feel like they're being accepting when they're not actually being accepting. And that's more harmful to the community than straight up being toxic, because if it was just The leaders putting out toxic statements, I think a lot of members would recognize it. But because they're using pretty language, a lot of members aren't going to recognize it because of their personal ignorance. And remember, I am not saying that ignorance is a terrible thing. It simply means that you don't have all the information. And so, people who are ignorant are not bad people unless they are actively deciding to remain ignorant. When they know that there's information out there that would make them less ignorant. (laughs) This is more harmful. Once again, if you've made it through this whole thing, I want to reiterate that every time I said the church, I was talking about the church leaders because they are the ones that drew up the handbook and decided to put it out there for the members to see. I am in no way saying that the entire church and all of its members believe what is in this handbook. I'm just saying that what's in this handbook is what the leaders have presented as the faith itself. So that's how I'm talking about it, and that's how I need the message to be received. Because I absolutely do not believe that all members think that way. It would be impossible to make all members think that way. There are too many of them to completely brainwash everybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I have plenty of people in my life who are LDS who don't believe that at all. And so I just want to point out that I am in no way condemning your choice of religion. I'm just pointing out some flaws in your handbook and in what your leaders have claimed the beliefs of your church are. As a final message to all of the queer people listening to this podcast that are negatively impacted by the church's handbook, Um, I just want to say that you are meaningful and that your life is worth so much more than this handbook. And I just need you all to know that there are so many people backing you up. There are so many people standing behind you who hear your pain and will continue to hear your pain you are not alone and if you're feeling that way because of these policies if it's triggering some emotions that you haven't felt in a long time or maybe that you feel frequently that you just can't get a handle on please reach out my instagram username is at maddie lee it's m-a-d-i underscore dot l-e-i-g-h please send me a message i will talk to you for hours i will not judge you i won't get tired of listening to you i will just be there and i know of so many other people who will be there as well so If you're feeling alone and if you're feeling like all of this is just too big for you to handle please don't be afraid to hold out your hand and ask somebody to hold on you are going to get through this and you are worthy of getting through this